Welcome to the In The Clouds podcast. In The Clouds is a marketing cloud podcast powered by Lev, the most influential marketing-focused Salesforce consultancy in the world. Lev is customer experience obsessed, and podcast hosts Bobby Tishy and Cole Fisher have partnered with some of the world's most well-known brands to help them master meaningful one-on-one connections with their customers. In this podcast, they'll combine strategy and deep technical expertise to share best practices, how-tos, and real-life use cases and solutions for the world's top brands using Salesforce products today. Welcome to In The Clouds Podcast. We have an extremely exciting episode for you here today. Buckle up. Because I tell you, this is life-changing. What are some other buzzwords we could use for this? It is technically life-changing for... I guess it is, yeah. I mean, it's business-changing for, for sure. SMS, yeah. If you don't, I mean. How long do you think we keep this going before everyone either turns off the podcast <laughs> or gets really excited and is going to be let down? Could we get through an entire podcast without actually saying what the title or subject is? Oh, I don't think that would be an issue at all. <laughs> <laughs> but we won't do that to you here today. So what we're talking about today are the changes that are upcoming with Salesforce Marketing Cloud and its support of what are known as shared shortcodes. So just a little bit of background um, for those of you who are new to Marketing Cloud or may not use the mobile capabilities that Marketing Cloud provides. But Salesforce Marketing Cloud natively provides SMS and MMS functionality. So for example, you could have uh, outbound SMS or you could have a SMS opt-in campaign. You can also utilize it for an omni-channel journey within Journey Builder. And uh, historically, there's two main ways you can go about doing this. One is through a shared shortcode or a private or dedicated shortcode. And what we're gonna focus on today are shared shortcodes because Salesforce Marketing Cloud is uh, decommissioning the shared shortcodes that they have previously provided. Now, it's important to note that they haven't been providing these or provisioning access to them for a couple of years now. They stopped back in 2018. Um, but shared shortcodes are very similar to what you can think of as shared IP addresses, where you're sharing reputation, you're sharing that number, that five or six digit number with uh, other folks um, or other companies, I should say. So the uh, uh, main element there is if you are currently on a shared shortcode, you'll want to get off of it as soon as you can. And we'll talk through kind of what that looks like. But uh, Cole, what are the what are the U.S. shared shortcodes and general use codes that we're talking about? So SMS shortcodes are generally five or six digit numbers that that companies are using. Um, to opt in for SMS strategy. And so a lot of times that's just cattle alerts, promotions, um, you know, normal SMS uh, messaging uh, for, for campaigns. But uh, a shared code, shared short code, like you pointed out, is kind of like a shared IP address. And so there's multiple things that can go wrong with this. But basically, it's a single short code that multiple brands or multiple companies are using um, for multiple use cases. And so you can have, um, you know, one five or six digit number, and I as a consumer can actually be subscribed to multiple businesses on this single number. And so it's not super common, but it's uh, definitely kind of a, uh, a gap in the current system right now that, that allows for that to happen. And, 
AT&T is the first one that is actually the first carrier that's come out and actually said that they're going to um, stop allowing this and that they're going to do proficiency. They, they've actually they stated that, I think, in uh, late 2018. And so um, they've, they've stopped allowing new short codes. Salesforce quickly adapted to that as well. Um, and it's, everything kind of points to other carriers are going to also put a stop gap to this. Um, and so kind of the, <clears throat> the reason that this is changing is, you know, kind of the biggest reason is because of that sort of shared IP concept. Mm -hmm. uh, so, it, you know, and, and for those of us that are familiar with um, sender reputations and deliverability on an IP address, if you have a shared IP address and one of the other companies that's on that IP address is a spammer or, you know, has bad practice, then you run the risk of email clients blocking your IP address, even though you're not actually at fault for anything. So the same thing is true for, uh, for mobile carriers. So if there's a bad, if there's one bad company on this or one company, uh, you know, applying some sort of spam tactics to their messaging or not honoring opt-ins and opt-outs properly, that can affect all of the care, all, all of the uh, companies that are on this, this short code. At the same time, when we talked about that, that sort of isolated use case where I as a consumer may be subscribed to uh, multiple companies on a single shared um, short code, it also really kind of obfuscates my ability to opt out because if I opt out to one company and say I no longer want to receive their, uh, their messaging, they can correctly opt me out. But if another company is on that short code and they're still sending me messages, I as a consumer may not realize what's going on and i may see that same number that i've already opted out and now i'm registering spam complaints to a company that's never actually seen me opt out mm -hmm. and so there's just a lot of um there's a lot of risk uh from a user standpoint just from a user experience standpoint but as well sort of data data and regulatory compliance issues uh and then as well the the, the entire industry is is kind of moving towards this 10 dlc this um, long code messaging uh, just to be able to provide better application to person messaging. I think too, the other scenario that I realized from implementations too of implementing shared short codes is it's, it's always dependent. The keywords that you're using are always dependent on the shared short code that you're on. So for example, if I'm a company, I can't use the standard join, stop and help keywords because they're most likely taken up by another company. So I have to be kind of creative and sometimes um, more detailed where, for example, if it, we had a, a LEV a SMS program on a shared shortcode, it's maybe LEV join is already taking, taken. So we have to put in LEV digital join or something like that. So you're always at the mercy of what keywords have already been taken by other companies on that shared shortcode. Mm -hmm. So what does the, what does the change, uh, um, especially, you know, you talked about AT&T's stance on this, but especially with Salesforce Marketing Cloud stance, what does that mean for customers? So the expectation is that's going to go across the board, not just from AT&T, right, but all of the carriers, um, the, you know, the, the major carriers uh, right now. And so <clears throat> what that really means is, is um, their AT&T stance on deprovisioning shared short codes directly correlates to Salesforce not allowing shared shortcodes anymore. And so they've, if, if you're a customer who's um, recently signed up for Mobile Connect or recently started um, SMS provisioning, 
you know, within the last like year and a half or so, you really don't have to worry about that right now because Salesforce stopped doing that basically right when AT&T came out with the announcement. So, but Salesforce is no longer uh, going to support the use of pre-authorized pre US shared shortcodes. Uh, and so actually, if you're curious about what those shortcodes are, there's a list of those um, five or six digit shortcodes. We've actually supplied those in the about uh, section in this podcast. So there's a handful of those if you want to look at that and just make sure that your instance, if you were provisioned in 2018 or before, you may want to look at that and make sure that, you know, if, if you don't recall whether you're on a shared instance or not. That's something that we're going to want to look at. Uh, so you may want to look at the about section and make sure that that your shortcode is not falling into that. Um, if you do currently use a shared shortcode, uh, you're going to want to take a, a couple of steps just to make sure that you're not uh, being disrupted for uh, for any SMS services. So uh, a couple of things that you can do is obviously you're going to want to switch over to a dedicated private short code. If you already have one of these acquired, um, then you may want to just consider migrating your current campaigns, anything that's on that shared short code, over to the private short code. Uh, if you don't actually have one already, um, then you're going to want to contact your account representative uh, at Salesforce and start that process. One thing to keep in mind is that can be a pretty lengthy process. Um, Typically, that's, that's taking somewhere between eight to 12 weeks to get carrier approval for, for new private shortcodes. Um, so that's just something that you're going to want to get ahead of uh, and plan before, the, before uh, all carriers are going to jump over to this. So. Mm -hmm. And there's, uh, there's a couple of partners, including Love, that helps folks go through this. So you either need to go through Salesforce services um, or a services partner. Um, so we'd be happy to help you with that. There's also a uh, FAQ guide that Marketing Cloud has on their website with other partners and other things to consider. So if you didn't get anything else from this podcast, just know that shared shortcodes are going away. So if you're currently on one, you need to make sure you have a private or dedicated shortcode if you don't already, and make sure you go through that approval process to migrate all of your current campaigns over to that dedicated or um, private shortcode. So jumping over to completely unrelated, we've had, this has been a big topic for our team. And I say big topic because all three of us agree on what the best Pop-Tart flavor is. Well, I don't think it's really subjective necessarily. It's just like how much greater is this best flavor than everything else? Um, and actually I took a lot of heat when I was uh, like pre-Salesforce. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was, I was uh, at a startup and I took a lot of heat for um, really getting aggressive after lots of Pop-Tarts. I would basically, I, well, I used to get in them really early and I would basically just bring Pop-Tarts with me every day. And so, so I became the, the Pop-Tart guy. How many would you eat? Oh, I mean, I would only eat like two, but like I always had Pop-Tarts. And like uh, that was okay. like, that became, uh, you know, incidentally became my staple. I didn't, I didn't want to be the Pop-Tart guy. <laughs> I could be, you know, there are worse things to be. But I was going to say, but I my, think my, I want to be the Pop-Tart yeah. guy. <laughs> well, my boss at the time, thought it was hilarious for some reason. And uh, like, he, like he and his wife, when they were at the shop, they would like find like the most exotic new like flavors of Pop-Tarts. And um, they, you know, they were just kind of like randomly bringing them in. And I thought, oh, okay, I'll sub these in. And that's how I actually got to try. Cause I was, I was a pretty basic guy. I don't know if you know this about me. I'm, I'm relatively basic in most <laughs> things. And so I was a strawberry, I was a blueberry guy, you know. 
I tend to steer clear of the cinnamon crowd. That's just not my jam. Um, but but he but uh, he brought in the best flavor ever, and it was s'mores. And I thought it was I thought it was crazy pills at first. Oh. The graham was like the whole. Oh, it's just delicious. And I remember just it just knocked my socks off. There's really no competing. Yeah. And uh, so speaking of s'mores, so uh, Joni, my wife, has a, a cabin, and she had runs it as an Airbnb. And she left uh, all the s'mores ingredients for her first guest that just came the other day, which I thought was really nice. So what I, th I thought was really cool though was on the back of the Hershey package, they gave you four ways to make a s'mores. Can you think of the four ways to make a s'more? There's only, wait, wait. Oh, are you talking about like four other ingredients? No, no. I've no. seen people dropping in like Reese cups oh, instead of the unbelievable, chocolate, stuff like that. Way. Unbelievable. I've, I, I've, not, I've not expanded into the connoisseur ways of the s'more. So, no, there was, it was four ways to actually make the s'more. So Hershey marshmallow graham crackers. So what's the most basic one? Well, you put the mallow, you put the mallow on the, or chocolate first. No, no, this was actually like, how would you heat up the marshmallow? Well, over a fire. Okay, so that's one. That's there's the only one. There are three others. I was very impressed with Hershey's ingenuity. What, can you, uh, well, you could technically microwave it. There, that was another one, yep. So you uh, put the graham cracker, the chocolate, and then the marshmallow on top, mm -hmm. and then you put it in there for 30 seconds or so, and then you put If you tell me top. there's like a deep frying or boiling <laughs> way or something like that, I'm just gonna. No, but there was a baking. Baking s'mores. Yeah. So you could so, like microwave it for like eight seconds, or you can, you know, put it in the, the oven for 12 minutes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the same concept, but the uh, the last one I thought was the most ingenious one, and probably the an most ironing effort. board with wax paper, and uh, you can you can pleat your pants at the same time. You're actually not that far off. It's a grill, <laughs> so you make the whole s'more, and then you wrap it in foil, and you put it on the grill for medium high heat for like three minutes. Which I don't a... I don't think would actually work because I think you would just completely melt the chocolate. Oh, that could be really. Why, I mean, why don't you just like fire up the uh, the oven or whatever and just dump the whole thing into a blender <laughs> and just, you know, just ruin the whole traditional, <laughs> like over, it's supposed to be over a bonfire. Well, I'm glad that this conversation went totally to s'mores because there's really no other Pop-Tart flavor worth mentioning. I do want to call out Menards. Menards, if you're listening, s'mores Pop-Tarts mm. flavor at the bottom of the shelf, raspberry and cherry on top, you got it flipped. Mm. And not to mention, they had unfrosted pop tarts. I'm pretty sure that's against the law. Yeah, that's just an incomplete pop tart. They're just not exactly. done yet. Exactly. So, well, thanks everybody for listening. Like Cole had mentioned, we'll put in the shared short codes that are being retired specifically from Salesforce Marketing Cloud in the about section of the podcast. And we'll catch you next time. Mm -hmm.